What's up, everyone? Welcome to Spark Talk, our NFL-only installment for our podcast. My name's Houston. I got my brother Wyatt here with me, and we're just going to go over some of the free agent um, news and transactions that have happened over the past week, some of our biggest winners, biggest losers, most overrated and underrated signings, or you know moves, period, within the last few weeks. And uh, some of the biggest ramifications of free agency. But first, we're going to get to some of the big news that happened around the NFL. And that's the Jets and Colts trade. The Colts traded back with the Jets and gave up their third overall pick in exchange for the sixth overall, 37th, 49th, and a second round pick in 2019. So, to me this tells me you know, one of two things. The Jets are obviously going to get a quarterback. I don't think I don't think you would trade up in the side of the top three if you weren't going to try to get a quarterback, which I think this tells me either they're wanting Rosen or they're wanting Darnold based off of what the Browns and the Giants end up doing. And I think this tells me with the Colts, they're in an obvious rebuild. Sorry, Colts fans, you know, and I'm one of them, but this is going to take a year, two, maybe three years to really build this team up um, sort of what the Jaguars did with they just acquired first round picks, second round picks, and they really just got these talented guys on their roster. And you see what the Jaguars are doing. I think this is a defense approach for Chris Ballard as the GM, almost saying, We're going to see what the Jets do, we're going to see what the Broncos do, and we're going to see what Cleveland does, considering that there's a possible trade maybe for. The Broncos or Cleveland, since Broncos just acquired uh, Case Keenum, and say if uh, the Browns, they get Donald, they get Carlos Hyde, uh, Giants go get Saquon, Jets get either Rosen, and say if the Browns don't want Minka, this, this is a very deep cornerback draft class to me, to where they could trade down from fourth, get that 12th pick that Bills acquired from Cincy, and then get that 22nd. And the, the Browns could be doing a lot of damage going from 4th to 12th to 22nd, getting acquiring people probably that could be as good as Minka. But going back to the Colts, the defensive uh, mindset by Chris Ballard here is saying, say if Bradley Chubb goes to Denver, or the Jets, depending on if they want to take a quarterback, considering both of them picked up. I think no doubt they're getting a quarterback. I don't think that's even a question right now. I think Broncos. Are the they main. could they could shock us. I just I just think the Jets are going quarterback. But I I think you're right. Maybe maybe the Broncos do go Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb. It surprised me. Or Nelson. Or they could go Nelson. Or Nelson, and the coach are like saying, "Hey, we either get the best overall draft prospect in this draft." Besides Saquon Barkley and Nelson, or you get people, or people, you get Bradley Chubb, who people have been comparing him to Joey Bosa, Von Miller esque. And I think he's really good. I've watched him play a couple games. I watched that Notre Dame game, I watched the Louisville game, where he was just ripping up people. That, both of those O line, and it just. I think. They're just doing a defensive mindset right now, and yeah. I think they're they're playing it safe. Well, 
If you look at what the Eagles did, defense wins championships. Obviously, there was a lot of points scored in that Super Bowl, but they had great defensive personnel. And what have they done this offseason? They've just kept on adding defensive linemen, defensive players, pass rushers. That's what wins in this league. What happened? How did the Eagles win the Super Bowl? There was a forced fumble, a sacked forced fumble. That's what happened. Derek Barnett got the fumble recovery. Uh, Brandon Graham got the uh, forced fumble sack. So, I mean, when you chop it down to it, defense is going to win you championships. The Colts, Chris Ballard, coming from that complete total rebuild of the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, when John Dorsey, who is now the Browns GM, who him and both of them, you know, teamed up together and helped rebuild the Kansas City Chiefs. So I definitely think the Colts are taking that defensive approach. But I think the most interesting thing is that the Bills, if they do decide to trade up, is that the Browns could very well still get a guy like Josh Jackson at number 12. Or say somebody values Josh Jackson higher and they get Denzel Ward and he drops. I don't think that's going to happen, but it's very it, it's a possibility. You know, you never know what's going to happen. And if they get that 22nd overall pick, the Browns could potentially add their franchise quarterback, a franchise corner, you know, a shutdown franchise corner that can that we saw what happened with the Saints completely change their defense with Marshawn Lattimore. And then they could also add an offensive lineman with Joe Thomas leaving. They could add um, a middle linebacker. They could add another pass rusher like Harold Landry who could fall. Or Marcus Davenport. Yeah. Or they could go D-tackle and go uh, Vita Via. They could go Marcus Hurst. They can go Harrison Phillips. Like this D, this interior D line class is, I think, really good. Really good. Has, has, has a lot of potential in it as well. Because then you got the two NC State defense alignment uh, Justin Jones and, gosh, uh, the, the other man's name escapes me. I forgot his name. Yeah. Both of <laughs> them really good because I've, I've watched a couple of NC State games. And the biggest thing that stuck out to me and what kept NC State in those games was their defensive line. It really was. They were able to stop. Yeah, they were all pro prospects. Yeah, I mean, all, all guys that are going to succeed in the NFL. <clears throat> it just – this is probably this – is, this is huge for not the Colts. This, can, the Jets, this can change the entire this, draft. This changes everything. could it's, change it for the Bills. The Browns, I mean, it changes everything yeah. as far as what trades could actually happen. Because mm-hmm. earlier I saw it where Chris Ballard, they asked him about the trade, and and basically he just he nailed it down mm-hmm. to there's a premium player in his words where he still feels like the Colts can grab the, uh, the guy that they want at number six and also acquiring two more picks within the top 50 picks of the NFL draft, which is just huge for the Colts. Um, but going back to the Jets, I mean, I think the Jets made a great move, and I'll get into that a little bit later. But let's move on from that. I mean, I think, you know, I think we both agree it was. I think it was a good trade for both teams. Jets can really potentially finally get a franchise quarterback, you know, and move on from the Joe Namath legend. <laughs> or, or they can go get Bradley Chubb. Or yeah, a they can potential star defensive end pass rusher. They could really disrupt games like Von Miller did. Yeah, I mean, and win, and win the Super Bowl. For definitely, him. definitely. Um, I mean, we never know what's gonna happen. I think he'll outside the box and pick Calvin Ridley or Saquon end up falling to him. Or if they pick Saquon, you, you never know, you, know. Yeah, you never know. But all right, so let's get into 
our most overrated players and most underrated players as far as signings go. We're both just going to do one apiece. Um, but Wyatt, you take the floor on your most overrated <laughs> signing. Not even necessarily that the players overrated themselves, but as far as maybe just you know just your thoughts on the most overrated move slash signing of free agency. Most all right. So my was my most overrated is Malcolm Butler because not because he's a bad player, but because what they paid for him is pretty bad, and I think because he's not. He's not elite. He's good. He's not great. He's a little bit above average to me. And Pro Football Focus has rated as a 79.2 as a rating on their uh, website. And that's that's labeled as average. And they paid him top quarterback, cornerback money. And uh, I don't... I think it's just a bad deal for the Titans in the sense that... They overpaid for they paid A plus money for a B player, and I think that's gonna hurt them in the long run, especially because I don't think Marcus Mariota is that good of a quarterback. Like we've seen in the divisional round game, where he was very inaccurate at times. They got a good receiving core, but I just think it's just a way overpay for a B player and going back to the Colts Chris Ballard has a very good insight in saying I'm not going to pay any money for B players and that's what the Titans did yeah I, I'll i say this I think I won't necessarily agree that's an overrated signing as far as because the Titans do they need, desperately need cornerback yeah. help and with I forgot what pick they are like I don't even know, 18, 23, 19, 23. Uh, 23 or whatever. Yeah. Okay. 23, oh, my bad. Um, with one of them potentially back there, uh, I don't think they were going to get a franchise corner that they probably wanted. And so I understand why they signed him to the contract that they did. But I think, you know, minus the Super Bowl catch and the one, uh, what do you have, one good year? He was a pro bowler or two? These. Two-time, maybe. Two-time Pro Bowler. Okay, so he is a Pro Bowl cornerback. I'll give him that. And I do like Malcolm Butler. I think he's a solid corner, a solid starter. But the money they paid him suggests to me that he's the best corner in the league when, you know. he's. I, think, I don't think he's top five. I don't think he, yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't say he's top five and corner in the league at all. Nonetheless, they signed him to a five-year deal. $61 million. I might add that in there again. I forget if I said it or not. But he's 28 years old. So they're expecting him to play at an elite level until he's 33. And look at Darrell Revis, one of the probably the best corners of his time. Maybe the best of his generation. Yeah, sure. and he shut down at 30, 29 years old. Malcolm Bell was 28. That, that's why that's why it's all right. Yeah, not Richard, because he's not a bad well, player. We've seen Richard Sherman now. Yeah. What, is, what is he, 31? 30, yeah, 30, 30 31 now? So, I mean, he's starting well, to hit the backside of his age. I mean, but, that's only two years for Malcolm Butler. I mean, is Malcolm Butler going to have a steep decline like that? I mean, we well, he didn't have a great Richard season Sherman, this year. Richard Sherman, I don't think he had to, like... Well, I think age plays helps him in a bit because he's big. Malcolm Butler isn't as big as Richard Sherman. And he's going to lose sense. his speed. Yeah. I mean, it'll ha- it happens to every corner that you ever see. I mean, 
And this year was not a great year for Malcolm Butler. He didn't play necessarily well. I mean, did not help his case at all as far as, you know, being a top corner. Granted, he got his money. I'm happy he got his money. And, again, like I said, I still uh, I still like him. I don't think he would have made a difference in the Super Bowl. I think that Philly, that Philly team was yeah, I think they to were, play. And they were I don't poised think he to win. He, he, I don't think he would have made a difference at all. I think they were just destined to win that Super Bowl. Especially after all the jokes and the memes that were happening yeah. over the off season about how they couldn't win, yeah. and they won. So, I think, uh, yeah, I think Philly was, regardless of Malcolm Butler was in or not. But I'll say this about my most overrated player. Um, I understand the move. I get what they were doing, what this team was doing. Um. But it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, and it's Sammy Watkins going to the Chiefs. I, I like it. I like it. I, <laughs> look, I don't like the word potential because to me it suggests that whoever you're talking about is not putting in the work or is obviously just not as good as what you thought. So all you try to do is just sit on that potential. All you try to do is just maybe see what's going to happen. Like, okay, maybe he's going to be good. Maybe he's going to be good. If Sammy Watkins was a fifth-round draft pick, would he get this many chances to prove that he's a number one wide receiver? No, he wouldn't. He'd be on special all. teams. No, yeah, he'd be a he'd be a gunner on special teams because of his speed. He'd be uh, he'd be Matt Slater. Matt Slater, Josh Bellamy, David two Tyree, of the be- like two be- of the be- three of the best <laughs> special teams wide receivers of all time. Yeah, I mean he's. Yeah. You could argue Sammy Watkins is the number four, number three or four receiver on a team. And if he was a number three or four option, I would take that. But the Kansas City Chiefs paid him thirty. Uh, excuse me, a three-year contract worth forty-eight million dollars, up to forty-eight million, with thirty million guaranteed. That's just a lot of money to me, for basically just saying we're gonna base Sammy Watkins and this contract completely on potential. Because to me, I think Sean McVay is one of the best minds. <laughs> Offensive minds of football right now. I think a lot of people can agree with that as far as what he did with Jared Goff when a lot of us thought that he was a complete bust, including myself. I didn't give him a chance. I was one of those people being stupid after one year. You know, the Jeff Fisher effect. We all see what has happened. Nick Foles, Case Keenum, now Jared yeah. Goff. So if Sean McVay, you know, can't get Sammy Watkins to produce – you know, to be that number one star receiver. Um, and granted, look, I know Andy Reid's a genius offensively. I get he's a brilliant coach. He's done a lot of things for a lot of players. Um, and I think Jeremy Macklin's best years were there. Uh, Deshaun uh, Jackson's best years were there. Michael Vick um, had a resurgence of his career going to there. So, I mean, look, I understand Andy Reid's very smart offensive coach. He's a great coach. One of the best I've ever seen in my lifetime, especially offensively. But come on, I just <laughs> thirty million guaranteed over three years for Sammy Watkins. It's just mm-hmm. it's just way too much to just completely base a contract off of potential. He wasn't even the best wide receiver available too. I don't think he was. He's maybe third best receiver available, but besides that, like it's. That's overpaying. That's, no, yeah, it's, that's way, it's overpaying. way overpaying. Way overpaying for a guy that, like I said, potential. I get tired of saying that word. 
I, there's a lot of people in this draft that you could say have potential to be something, potential to do this, potential to do that. And I just get sick and tired of hearing that word. Pay the people that deserve to get paid, not the people that maybe have the potential to. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but I'll say this. I will say this and end that Sammy Watkins discussion on this. I understand the move because Pat Mahomes, I think, is going to be a really good quarterback. Not based off of potential, but based off of the player that he is. He has a cannon. Uh, Andy Reid and that offense can finally push the ball, at, like actually push the ball down the field and not conservative Alex Smith, um, that conservative Alex Smith style. They can finally push the ball down the field. They can finally have some explosive, like true explosiveness, even more so than they already have had, which, I mean, crazy enough, they've had a lot of it. Maybe one of the best in the league at it. Um, so I understand the move. You're getting your guy another weapon. Maybe he turns into something. Maybe he becomes your number one. Maybe he becomes, finally becomes that guy. And look, I get it. He's only like 25 or whatever, or 24. So I understand that there's still a lot of hope for Sammy Watkins to do really good. And I hope he does. I really liked him at Clemson. Um, and I thought he was going to be really good. And he just hasn't panned out so far. So it's it's an overrated signing to me. I'm sure a lot of people think that. Um, but that's just my take on it. But I, what's I, your? Uh, I think uh, I just I don't have any takes on. It. I think yours is pretty yeah. good there. Yeah. Uh we're going to the most underrated signings. All right. Why I want you to start with yours because I think mine's gonna shock some people. I think people are gonna look at it and be uh and look at it and say, okay, that doesn't make a lot of sense. But I'm gonna okay. But then I'm you're gonna start to agree with. Don't me. tell me it's Jay Cutler to the Dolphins. No. That's not that's Jay Cutler to the Dolphins. That type deal. All right. Uh, mine, I think it could shock some people. It couldn't. But he is part of the stupidest offseason move I've seen in a while. And it's Jordy Nelson being released from Green Bay, signing a two-year, $15 million deal. See, here's where we differ. I'm going to stop you real quick, and I'll let you finish. Yeah. Jordy Nelson was going to be my most overrated signing for a second <laughs> just because based off of his age but I'll let no. you finish alright so I looked up some stats here not, not Jordan Nelson but on the Raiders two star wide receivers the past three years alright I think this might shock you alright Cooper alright I'm just going to give their pro football focus ratings here uh, Cooper 51.9 that's very poor is this last year? No, yeah, this is from last year. That's last year's ratings for both. That's very poor. Like, that's below. That's terrible. That's like a fifth string wide receiver. Crabtree, 71.4. Uh, at, that's average. That's just average. And then this is the mind boggling. In 2015, Cooper, 18 drops, most in the league. Crabtree, five. Wait, eight drops. Alright, 16. Cooper, 4 drops. Big improvement. Uh, Crabtree, 13 drops. In 2016? Yeah, in 2016. 2017, Cooper, 10 drops. Crabtree, 6 drops. And guess what Nelson's had the past 2 years? 6 drops. Combined in the last 2 years? 6 drops, yes. Okay. See, look. And... I'm not going to say it's not going to help the Raiders out. Like, Jordy Nelson... 
and we were talking about this the other day at the gym, like, yeah, I think for a year, maybe, especially for a year, you get in with a good quarterback, like Aaron Rodgers was hurt last year, playing with Brett Hundley. I get it. I get it. Maybe Derek Carr can, and him He's can have a little resurgence with... It's an elite quarterback with a receiver who plays elite with an elite quarterback. His yards with Aaron Rodgers, uh, 2016-2017, he had 97 catches, 14 touchdowns, 4 drops, which is incredible. Uh, 146 targets, so four drops on 146 targets, and then 12,050 or 1,200. My bad, 12,000 be incredible. <laughs> yeah, 1,257 oh, yards. Uh, uh, receiving. That's elite level status when he's playing with an elite quarterback. And I think Derek Carr give him this off season, recover from his back, become elite again, and then I don't think it just helps Derek Carr. It helps Amari Cooper out. Because he can teach Amari Cooper some skills that he developed with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Those back shoulder throws, working working on your hands, working on all this, on the route running, on the route tree and everything. Getting Amari Cooper to where he was supposed to be in an elite status. And right now, I think he's a huge bust. With I think the stats prove it. With how many drops. And he just... Is... I... It's just a, I think it's just a really good signing. Getting away from Amari Cooper, I got strong feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About him, but I, back it's just that. a, <laughs> uh, I think it's just a really good signing because I think Nelson will help that young receiving core with Oakland, and then he will help Derek Carr develop into the quarterback that he needs to be to. Yeah, I mean, I, I can agree with you on some fronts of like why it could be an underrated signing. As far as maybe people aren't going to look at it really as like something super strong, um, as like this big, you know, free uh, off season yeah. move that somebody made because he's older, you know. Most people he's might been say hurt. it's overrated. But like, yeah, like me, I thought I was going to really, I was going to say maybe he was overrated, but Sammy Watkins took that, you know, took that yeah. uh, award. It's next level. But, you know, I can agree with you on some fronts where. I think maybe he probably is a better replacement for Michael Crabtree. He could probably definitely help out uh, Amari Cooper, maybe develop better hands, teaching like, all right, you got to stay this long after practice to work on jugs, you know, catching balls, doing this, doing that, all these drills. Maybe he get more, some more lessons in with Derek Carr. Maybe just yeah. gain some more chemistry with each other. And then teaching a, teaching you know, teaching him route trees, uh, helping him, you know, what routes this, what routes that. Um, you know how to separate better. I mean, Jordan Nelson's a Jordan Nelson for a while was a legit, you know, top five receiver. I, I in my opinion, I believe he was. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I agree with you. I can say it's an underrated signing. Yeah. I didn't see that one coming. I'll give you that, but yeah. I don't think you're gonna see this one coming either. So, uh, you got any guesses? Yeah, oh, uh, man, don't look at the paper. I'm not looking. Like, no, <laughs> come I look, on, I, I, I can't right, see from there. You, you got know, any guesses? I'm going to say Josh McCown. Yeah, no, that was terrible. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, I'll say this. It has to do with such this player's former team with Josh McCown. Josh it's, McCown's former team? No, 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 no. Josh McCown's at the Jets. This player, has, it, it, he was a part of that team. Muhammad Wilkerson? Yep. 
Muhammad Wilkerson is my most underrated signing of free agency. Let's hear it. And I'll say this. This is... Okay, I'll explain it right now. Look, Muhammad Wilkerson does not have a good reputation around the league. I've heard a lot... I've seen a lot of things where a lot of people think he's lazy. He doesn't work hard. He doesn't really give any type of effort. And I get that. And his play shows it. All right? But teams... The Jets especially, with the Jets being the way the Jets are... They even took notice and said, you're not going to do that. We're not going to have our time wasted, our money wasted, and especially our cap space. You know, and the Jets look like they're on the up and up, making some actually some pretty good moves. Muhammad Wilkerson, if he can return to the 2015 form, what was he? A pro? He was a, definitely a pro bowler. I'd have to look up if he was an all pro. But Muhammad Wilkerson to the Packers on a one-year $5 million prove-it deal is the most underrated signing because also it helps the Packers get better on the defensive front. And Muhammad Wilkerson, if he wants to keep getting paid, and he's not that old, if he wants to keep getting paid and wants to continue to play in this league and make millions of dollars, he's going to have to step up and play like he was back in 2015. Um... I mean, look, I know it's been two years removed since he's done that. I, I get it. I, and I understand why this can completely fail. But it's a team-friendly deal. There's no guaranteed money. It's, it looks like it's all based off of incentives. And if the Packers can get what Muhammad Wilkerson can really bring to the table, the Packers are in for a treat. Right? Especially on the defensive side where they need help on. Yeah. But, the, you, but whatever they're doing on Mike the offense Daniels, isn't helping them. Mike Daniels, Kenny Clark. Now you you'll have Clay uh, Matthews, which I think he's a little bit overrated as a player, anyways. I think he was a late for a while. Maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe. He got older. He got. But down. I think it is definitely a much needed help to that Packers defense. I definitely think he can add a lot of value if he can just put effort in and play hard. And with a one-year, five million dollar prove it deal, if he doesn't really put the effort in this year, that's on him. I don't think a team's gonna sign him really after this. He'll be one of those. Oh man, what happened to Muhammad Wilkerson in about five years? And he won't be in. A, he won't be in the league anymore. I remember watching him at Temple. Surprisingly, I watched a couple games with him because I remember hearing about him, and I was like, "This kid's going to be elite." And then he obviously, was elite for a year. He was yeah. elite oh, two years actually. Ten. He had he had over ten sacks in two years. For two straight years, he had over ten. No, sacks? no, just two years. In general, he had ten and a half and uh. 13, and then... 2015, he had 12. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 2015, he was a pro bowler, so... Yeah, I, I just... I think it's a good team-friendly deal. I'm going to prove it deal, but I don't think he'll prove it. No, yeah, I, I mean, don't think he'll prove it. That's the argument to be made. My argument is, I think he is going to prove it. I think that money really talks. <laughs> and if you want to keep getting paid, you're going to have to prove that you belong in the NFL. And with a one-year, $5 million prove-it deal, when the Packers have notably not signed free agents um, to help out maybe the best quarterback in football, then, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see what can go wrong with this deal minus him just not producing, and then you're, you're not out that much money at all. I mean, it's a huge, huge, huge reward if he comes back to what he was, and it's a very minimal risk if he doesn't pan out to be, you know, much of anything. But... We can uh, we can go ahead and transfer over into these to the biggest winners and losers of free agency. 
now that we've gone through our most overrated and underrated signings. Um, Wyatt, what you got? What you got for your biggest winner as far as what? This is how we're doing it. Two big winners, two big losers of free agency. We were going to do three. We might even shorten it down to just one. Like, you know, that would be a long time from now. But we got two. We got two today. All right. Two. I think we. I think we discussed this earlier. We got two. The two, same winners. Two biggest winners. Two biggest yeah. losers. But yeah. I'm gonna go with the one that he doesn't know, and he probably does. Oh yeah, yeah. We yeah we do agree on one big winner. Uh, uh, what's your What's your other one that I don't know about? This is my team. This is kind of personally for me, in a sense. But I'm gonna go Chicago. You can't show bias in this show. I'm just joking. It's all good. It's <laughs> all good. But. Chicago, they go out and have a league low 11 touchdowns last year. I don't know how you have 11 touchdowns in a season. Passing touchdowns by that in a passing league. But they go out. I think that's just more coaching in general. They got, they got a, I think they got one of the most up-and-coming coaches, Matt Nagy. They got Mark Hef, Hefledge, I think I'm saying his name right, from Oregon. Oregon's old head coach. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's going to bring some good offensive schemes, but... They go out, they sign uh, Allen Robinson to three-year, $42 million. I thought that was such a huge grab for the Bears. That's, I saw that, and I was just, I was like, wow, they finally got some help for that man. And uh, whatever they get from Kevin White, it's, it's a plus. To add on to what I'm about to say. I get tired of you I'm talking about Kevin White. <laughs> he keeps I, getting hurt. I'm saying, though, like, if he doesn't get hurt, it's just a plus to wherever, yeah, 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 to wherever yeah, it's added on. But, yeah, uh, Trey Burton. Four-year, thirty-two mil to add with Adam Shaheen and Daniel Brown, who we just signed back, who I like a lot. I, I think Daniel Brown's—he's a pretty good third, second-string depth player. And uh, Prince Anko Kamara, uh, he had a exceptional season last year after not performing the best with Jacksonville, with New York being a bust, but put him in the right system. With Vic Vangio's system, and he started to shine. I don't care if he had, didn't have any interceptions at all. Mm. He played like a top fifteen cornerback in the league last year, and that Is it Kyle Fuller. No, Prince. Oh, Prince. My Prince, bad. and I think he played at a good enough level to earn three years. Uh, was it twenty seven yeah, mil? He played good last year. Mil. He played good last year. And then Taylor Gabriel, who I think is probably. In the slot, in the slot, like pure slot receivers, pure speed receivers, because I know heard something about he doesn't like being labeled just as a slot receiver, mm-hmm. but as just a pure speed speed receiver. If he can do what he did back in twenty sixteen with that Kyle Shanahan offense, which I think Matt Nagy can do, yeah, and used to his abilities. That's what he did with Tyreek Hill last year. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say they're the same player, but similar. Yeah, some... similar type of player as far as the speed and what they can do or what they offer. It's just gonna put um, more speed on that offense that doesn't have a lot of speed. The only speed minus player, Tyree Cohen. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and Tariq, and Cody Parkley, <laughs> Tyreek, who is teamed up with his old special teams coordinator, uh, Chris. Chris, I forgot his last name. Chris, he old special teams coach with the Browns. Mm. Very respected. Team up. Really good. Really respected. And he had he's been having two great years back to back, and. Uh, looked up some. He's like top. He's one of the top kicker in accuracy. And Bears have had some really bad accuracy lately. Like we, we've seen Mr. Bisky 
literally drive the team down as a rookie, nonetheless, with terrible receivers. Yeah. No, drive it down a lot and of then people, miss lot a field goal at the end of the game. A, a lot of people times. don't like, uh, I'm sure, you know, crap on Mitch Trubisky and whatnot. And I get it. But give the man a couple, like, just give the man a couple receivers that can create separation. You can put high schoolers out there. I mean, he had a bunch of. They would be more productive than he had a bunch of. He had a bunch of uh, Des Bryant's running around out there, not being able to create separation. When your biggest receiver is Kendall Wright. Well, it's not even. You got an issue with that. Not even that. Like, they couldn't create separation. And he just, he could not throw to, like, he. He Most of the passes he made were tight coverage throws. I mean, and then the, literally our best receiver, which is sad, is Deont- was Deontay Thompson. At one point, we cut him. So, I, I'll move on. Uh, Chase Daniels, who I think is the best backup, not like coming into the game. I think it's Nick Foles. But I think, backup, yeah, but, definitely. But best at helping a rookie out. He's been with Drew Brees for a while. I think, yeah, I think he yeah, offers some value. He can offer He's been with Drew Brees help. for a while. Yeah, a while. And he can offer yeah. help to Mitch. And he can, I think he'll hold Mitch out in his development, especially with Nagy there. A really good offensive mind coming from Andy, from the Andy Reid tree. And then you get Mark Hefflidge, who's coming from amazing mind, nonetheless than Chip Kelly, even though it's college. He still has a really good mind, at least at the college level, as far as we know. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see how he helps, and all those pieces help Mitch to perform. And I think that's what that deal was. And I think it's a team-friendly deal at two-year, ten million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For for yeah. a backup, that's that's really good. And then uh, Kyle Fuller matching that offer sheet last night. Yeah, he, the he Packers, finally you know, played like he was the guy that they picked in the first round. Well, you have to think his rookie year he played outstanding. Second year, had a sophomore slump. We've seen that before time and time and again. Todd Gurley, sophomore slump. Yeah, it's, multiple guys. Yeah. yeah, multiple guys, sophomore slump. He gets injured his third year out for the season. And then he comes back at an elite level and performs. Say if he doesn't get injured that third season, I think he's top five cornerback in the league. It, yeah, especially, I think it was. Especially shown at the most important times, his fourth year and his first year, where he's shown. I think it was de- definitely a big um, – a, like, I'm glad – I. I I think it was very smart that you guys put the, what was it, the transition tag on him? Transition, yeah. It's basically so basically, re- basically you, just, you can match the offer sheet, like a restricted free agent. In yeah. NBA, yeah. So, I think it was really good like to do that. The Packers offered him a good contract. I don't think it's, I really don't think four years, $56 million is terrible. He's young. He's, he's, what, he's you proved know, it. He's had two He's proved it in the most years, important years. Got yeah. hurt one and had a sophomore slump. So, look. Kyle Fuller, I think, can be an elite cornerback. I think he's going to continue to be that. Excuse me. And, um, and I think this also plays to the fact a lot of people have been saying the Bears are going to get Denzel Ward. With the re-signing of Prince of Mukamura, I can't <laughs> about messed, completely messed his name up. And then uh, with, obviously, the re-signing of Kendall Fuller, of Kyle Fuller. Gosh. Kendall, messing up. Kendall Kendall's his brother. Yeah, Kendall Kendall's pretty Chiefs. good, too. Like yeah. That was a big pickup by the uh, Chiefs there. But uh, I think this could say, and I still think the Bears should pick Denzel Ward. I just think he's a, I think he's a freaking monster. I, I think he's such such an explosive athlete. I think it could completely change a franchise as far as the way the type of corner that he is. I saw him play a lot of times when he was at Ohio State. So I mean, I just I really love that kid. I really think he's a freaking animal. But I think it could play to the fact that the Bears might get a guy like Tremaine Edmonds. 
a guy like Roquan Smith, or even if Quentin Nelson falls and the Colts don't draft him, which I think, I think the, with that I trade think, back, it's gonna. I think, I think that, it's more likely they're gonna pick him or the or Broncos. Bradley Chubb. Yeah, but I think, uh, but I definitely think that the Bears might get a linebacker now. I definitely think that's yeah, probably a possibility. I think, the, I think receivers out of the question now because I think yeah, Cameron no. Merritt is going to come back. He's got yeah, a big season like yeah, he was supposed to last year. <laughs> yeah, I'm not getting uh, I don't think Bears are going to be a receiver to like the second, third, or fourth round, whatever, third round. But either that or they might trade back. Like the Bears might want to be like, hey, let's trade back in the draft. And because it's such a deep, I think a deep defensive draft almost, to yeah. where like you could trade back, you can pick somebody up like Marcus Davenport, who could drop. You know, I think he's middle of the pack because I think he's the next Michael Strahan. Yeah, I think, I think some of the hype kind of died down around him. I don't think people aren't talking about him nearly as, as much as they were before the Senior Bowl. Yeah. So I think, uh, I mean, yeah, he could fall, but I don't think he's going to fall the first round. Yeah. I think, but I think definitely it plays to the fact that the Bears uh, could definitely take a linebacker like Tremaine Edmonds, which yeah. I know a lot of people have him at outside linebacker. I've seen some film on him and stuff, and... I definitely think you could plug him in a middle linebacker and be a freak of nature. Fast, strong, good him, blitzer, him good Danny. pass rusher, great tackler, not afraid to mix it up with offensive linemen. Puts them on their back a lot of times. Uh, uh, I think it's possible. I think that'd be a really well, we got, good uh, sign. Anthony, what's this? Not Anthony. Is it, was it Anthony Lynch? Aaron Lynch. Aaron Lynch from, from the, uh, San Francisco, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, I thought I'm out Oh, you could get I think that's on. a pretty big pickup, pickup, pickup pick from uh, <laughs> uh, San Francisco there in the sense that we released Fernell McPhee, and he's like a younger version of Fernell. Yeah. And we signed him, and I think that's going to, with all these signings here, I think we're going to sway more to a corner. Yeah. Or a, maybe even possibly. Trade a, back. A D, trade back D lineman, maybe a surprise D lineman if we trade back. The pair up with uh, Keem Hicks and Eddie Goldman. So yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think the Bears had a great off season. They would have been one of my big winners, but I knew he was gonna want to talk about them, so I went ahead and let him. Um, I'm gonna get into mine real quick because we do have the same one. I'll go ahead and say it. it's the Rams. Um, I think we both agree on on the Rams, like why their big moves were yes. such good moves. I mean, they sign. I mean, they trade for Marcus Peters. Look, I think when Andy Reid, a guy that's so tolerable, and so, and a guy that's willing to take chances on people, yeah. like Mike, especially the Michael Vick, you know, incident with everything that happened, he took a chance and Michael Vick paid off. If Andy Reid and the, and that team and that organization said, "Look, we don't want to resign you." Maybe that's a red flag as to like maybe he's maybe he is bad in the locker room. Maybe he is a detriment to the team. Maybe it is dumb for the Rams to get him. But you can't argue the fact. Marcus Peters <laughs> he looks like a Hall of Fame level corner. And I get he's only what three years into the league, but come on. I mean the dude is ridiculous. And then you add such a good corner in a keep to leave. Well, I think he has another two at least two years, maybe three years of productive corner play, which shuts down the notion that they're probably going to get a corner in the draft. Granted, they lost Jermaine uh, Johnson, which I thought he was pretty good, but he kind of went old, down though. this. He's a little bit old, though. Well, he kind of went down this past year playing in that system with uh, Wade Phillips. He's more of his own type corner, 
when he but, was play, asked to play man-to-man, he didn't play a lot of man-to-man. No, like, I don't know great. why I didn't think of this, though, but they keep to lead. Another, the other acquisition on corner, pairing back up with Wade, Wade Phillips. Phillips yeah. yeah. I don't know why I didn't think of that till earlier, but that's... No, it's it's yeah. definitely... I mean, that's... Yeah. It's huge, Phil. Especially yeah, if he played some of his fam- best being football. Being familiar. Yeah. Be- playing his best football. Won the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, I mean... I think this. I think this ba- definitely tells that if Davenport falls to the Rams, they're gonna pick him up. They're gonna pick him up. Or I think a lot of people forget about Harold Landry. Yeah. Maybe the best pure pass rusher in this draft. Yes. A yeah. lot of people have compared him to Von Miller, but because of his injury last year and his lack of production, versus his 2016 season at Boston College, a lot of people don't think he's gonna be that good in the NFL because he had such a lack of production last year. Just don't get Arden Key. Just yeah. don't get Arden don't get, Key. Yeah, don't get Arden Key yeah. if you're a Rams the, fan. Like, laziest people I've ever seen. In if you're a Rams fan, make sure you send uh, all the all the letters you can and all the tweets you can to Les Snead, the general manager of, of uh, I LA. think he's a great GM. I think he's seen Making Arden, moves. Arden Key's Making big moves. And everything. Just stay away from Arden Key. Get Harold. Get Marcus Davenport. One of those two guys. Now you've got your corners. You've got LaMarcus Joyner back. I mean, they yeah. signed, uh, what was his name? Roby Coleman. Roby Coleman as depth. Get Sam Shields as depth, depth. to that corner. Yeah. So that. They and get- I like the move where they traded Alec Ogletree. He's a very average linebacker. He's good. Not great. Nothing special in my opinion. I think. Uh, I think it was a smart move to get rid of him. I guess create create some cap space. Um, but I think I think we both can definitely agree that the Rams maybe were the biggest winners of this offseason, adding the. Adding the two players at corner that they did, maybe not overpaying to keep Sammy Watkins, maybe maybe drafting a receiver in the first round. You never know what they're going to do. That's a that's a very high possibility. I think that, like what they did here eliminates that corner possibility in the sense that they don't have to focus on corner anymore. They don't have to get Jair. They don't have to get uh, Isaiah Oliver from Colorado. Yeah. They, don't, they don't have to get Mike Hughes if he drops, which I, he probably will be in the 20s. Yeah. They don't have to get one of those corners. They can now focus on, which I think... Pass rushing, pass which rushing, is insanely important, and receiving. And, and they got John Sullivan, who I think is exceptional, even though he is well, 33. they resigned him. They resigned him. They resigned him? Yeah, they had him last year. Oh, they did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, 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 a, he's a good center. He's 33 a big years part. old, but he still plays at a not elite level, but above average level. And I like what the Rams are doing here. They are looking like a team that could win. Not knows just how compete. to rebuild. They, they are showing how to rebuild a team from the ground up in three to four years. Draft, make trades, and don't spend big in free agency unless you need to. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, I think we definitely, like I said, we both agree with the Rams being maybe the biggest winners of free agency. Yeah. Um, but let, I'm going to get into my second winner, and I won't go too in-depth on it. Um, but my second big winner of the offseason, and it might shock some people again. Look, I'm all about uh, shocking people. But I would, I'm going to say it's the Jets. Here's why, though. All right? Here's why. Look. They got Tremaine Johnson, which I still think he's 28. They signed him to a five-year, $72 million deal. They have uh, $45 million guaranteed in him. And look, that's a big contract. I understand. 
He's 28 years old. He's a very, I would say he's a very good zone cornerback. He's big. He's lanky. It's hard. He's very good. I like him. I, I think he was a good cornerback. He didn't really necessarily fit the Rams scheme. Maybe he's going to help out and fit the scheme with the Jets. I think uh, they signed Avery Williamson, which I think is a very, very good starting uh, linebacker in this league. Played for the Titans. Titans. Yeah. Titans had a really good front seven. And I think it was a big addition um, to the Jets as far as adding linebacker depth and maybe even adding a starter there. Obviously, they got Josh McCown. They kept Morris Claiborne. Isaiah Crowell was a nice signing to pair him up. Even though I feel like him and Bilal Power are kind of the same type of running back, so I don't. I you think know, both of them are above power, average. You know, They're above, above average, average power yeah. backs. Yeah. Um, but here's here's why I'm gonna say why they're the big winners. One because of the big news that broke today. They traded down, or that my bad. Excuse me. They traded up to get the third overall pick from the Indianapolis Colts. And why this is so important is because look, they signed Teddy Bridgewater to a one-year, $5 million prove-it deal. Not because lack of effort. They signed Teddy Bridgewater because, look, if he can, like I said, you know, this is like 2015, but if he can return to what he was back in 2015 for the Vikings before that catastrophic injury to his knee, the Jets could have a franchise quarterback. I mean, if he never got hurt, the Vikings would they wouldn't have spent all that money on uh, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins wouldn't have got that huge contract. I think the Jets are in a good position to say, look, we're gonna draft a quarterback at three, Rosen, Darnold, whoever's there, um, whoever or or whoever their guy is, whether that's Baker Mayfield, whether that's Josh Allen, whoever they think is their guy, they need to draft him at number three. And then you have Teddy Bridgewater. And look, Josh McCown's there, I that whatever. They brought him back because he's older, a vet. You know, he's going to be there. Just somebody gets injured, yeah, he's going to be there. He'll be a third string, in my opinion. Or help up the rookie if they draft a rookie quarterback. Yeah, but I definitely think you're going to see Teddy Bridgewater get his fair shot to be the starter for the Jets. And maybe this could be be what the Jets need as far as, look, they've never really had a great quarterback. Brett Favre back in 2009, yeah, when Brett Favre was basically – he was a – Came out of retirement and he so got he traded. Having, that's not even having like an up and down year every other year. Yeah, came out of yeah. retirement. Like, come on. And then, uh, and then Mark Sanchez, like, the the best quarterback they ever had was Joe Namath, and Joe Namath wasn't a great quarterback. I'm, like, he made a guarantee. That's, that's the know, biggest thing he's done. That's about that's about it. But I think the Jets are finally in a good position to get the guy to run their franchise, and finally have a guy capable enough. To be there for the next decade or, you know, eight, nine, ten years. Um, but they're my second big winner for those two reasons, really alone. Third overall pick to get the quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater. The quarterback situation, I think, in my opinion, is very good, very favorable. And if I'm a Jets fan, I'm really happy about this. I, I just am. Look, I know they gave up two um, second-round picks. But if you're gonna get a franchise quarterback, I mean you, I mean you have to do what you need to do. Maybe the Darnold jerseys actually do pay off in the sense that, yeah, maybe they might get Never Darnold mind. if Cleveland decides, hey, let's go with Saquon, Saquon yeah. and Giants or go like, Rosen or Giants go Nelson. Yeah, you never know. It's a possibility. But 
those are our big winners. Uh, I had the Jets. Wyatt had the Bears, and then we both had the Rams yeah. for obvious reasons. Uh, probably a Super Bowl contender, like hands down next year. And we'll get we'll get into our biggest losers. Um, our free agency. Wyatt, what do you got? My biggest loser. Yeah. You won't. Yeah, like you probably thought of this probably crossed your mind. It. You might be thinking of it right now. It's a player. I feel so sorry for him. Richard Sherman. No. He is the best player I've ever seen play at an elite level at his age for his position, like he's been doing. Drew Reese? No. Larry Fitzgerald. Oh. oh. Man, I feel so sorry for him. Like, I want the Cardinals needed to make a move on a quarterback like Teddy Bridgewater or Josh McCown, who's proven to be a pretty decent quarterback. But they go out, they get Sam Bradford, right, $20 million deal for one year, which is team... $18 million guaranteed or whatever the yeah, heck it is. One, Let me look it up. One year. Maybe and, like, you know, it's a team-friendly deal. I get it and stuff. Maybe they're liking the quarterback next in next year's draft. Or maybe they're liking the quarterback later. But I did some... Obviously, I did some research, and their O-line last year, their O-line was ranked 31st, according to Pro Football Focus, with an injury-prone quarterback who sat out the whole year with a bruised bone in his knee. You're going to pair him up with... My bad. He had $15 million guaranteed. But yeah, he had a one-year $20 million deal, 15 guaranteed for uh, Sam Bradford. And then they go out and get Mike Glennon. I'm I'm going to piggyback real quick. Look... My biggest loser was the Cardinals. Wyatt said Larry Fitzgerald. My biggest biggest loser was the team as as a whole, not just Larry Fitzgerald. Look, I feel sorry for him, but that I feel sorry for the fans even more because they haven't. I don't. They've yeah. never won a Super Bowl. About to go back to the old, the old, um, like that two thousand when they whenever they got Emmitt Smith for no reason, till up till they got Kurt Warner, or when they decided to able to start Kurt Warner because he's actually good. I mean. I'll piggyback on this because I don't want to like talk about the same stuff too. Um, yeah, I, I definitely agree. The Cardinals are one of my biggest losers, maybe the biggest loser. I mean, yeah. uh, you say Larry Fitzgerald, but the Cardinals as a whole. And then they cut probably they they cut a free safety to sign Mike Lennon and Sam Bradford, who probably both of them won't even play the whole season. It probably will be a rookie fourth round, third round quarterback. It's probably going to eventually come in. And take over the starting spot for the whole year. It's, it might be a Russell Wilson situation. Hopefully it is. But <laughs> maybe. I, well, yeah, because what? Just, the Seahawks overpaid for uh, Matt, Matt Flynn, Flynn and then they got he Russell. Two, great, two really good games with Green Bay. Uh, here's, here's, here's why I say they're the biggest loser. I definitely agree that the Sam Bradford crap was ridiculous. You're going to pay a guy with a degenerative knee. His he, he's going to get injured. Like, it's literally going to get injured. Yeah. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. He's going to get hurt this year. Especially with one and of the... then you sign Mike Glennon, who, you know, couldn't keep the starting job in Chicago with a rookie Mike... Uh, Mike. <laughs> Mike Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky. And you sign him to a... Two, I mean, a two-year... What is it? $8 million deal? Look, I mean, that's not terrible, but... 
I mean, come on, eight million dollars for and Mike Glennon? They have one of the worst old lines. Yeah. In the league. And here's but here's why I'll say they're one of the biggest losers. Um, I'll also throw in there. I did not like the signing with just uh, of Justin Pugh for the simple fact of the contract they pay them. And look, it looks to be it's huge, like heavily incentive based, probably based off of injuries. But a five year deal worth forty five million dollars or up to forty five million, um, it doesn't have any guarantee. I'm not seeing, but I mean, for a guy that just got hurt and who has been not a great guard. But a very average, very like a solid starting guard for that much money off an injury, and obviously people I've heard people will talk about character concerns. I don't know, maybe he's not focused in football like a hundred percent. I just didn't like that deal. But the main reason I say they're the biggest losers is because you didn't go after the guy Teddy Bridgewater, like give him a one year prove it deal. Maybe he becomes your franchise guy, but you're number fifteen in the draft. Nobody's gonna want to trade down. Just like the Colts said, there was a guy they wanted in the top 10. If they would have traded out of it, they're going to need a huge, huge, huge overhaul in order to trade out of the top 10. If Otherwise, they're staying there to pick the guy that they want. So who are you going to trade with? The Broncos, I think, are wanting to stay at that number 5 because you're going to get Bradley Chubb maybe, Nelson, or you get your quarterback. I mean, you got three options where the Broncos could go right. The Jets are not trading. The Bills want to trade in. I don't know who they're going to trade with. I mean, but by the time the Bucks pick at number seven, I mean, if that, if that's where they traded to, like, I don't, I don't think the Bucks want to trade either. Because so they like, need O line help, and they might get Mike McGlinchey at seven, which is probably a little bit high for him. Yeah, but I mean, you but, never know. Yeah. yeah, and maybe they could trade back and get McGlinchey at fifteen, and maybe the Cardinals just get an offensive tackle at fifteen, which McGlinchey would be a great fit. You know, he's a really good, really solid guy. I think he's going to yeah. be a good starter, but. I mean, come on, Cardinals. I just I don't I don't get the move. I don't get what they were doing. They they went into full panic mode when Kirk Cousins didn't decide to go there. They said, Oh crap, we need a quarterback. Let's not go after Teddy Bridgewater for some reason. We'll go after the guy that's gonna get hurt, not the guy that just got hurt one time. Yeah. And, and then you, I, And the thing is though, like I, like like I'm a Louisville fan and everything, but when I watched Teddy play when I was younger at Louisville, he played with a broken wrist and a broken ankle and won a football game. Sam Bradford set out the whole year with a bone bruise. Yeah, it's just. I did. Yeah, crazy. I did. I thought the Cardinals were huge losers of this offseason. just all around. And maybe the Pugue deal's not as bad because it's such uh, such a contract they, based with incentives. But I mean, five year, forty five million. It's a lot of money for a guy um, that got hurt. It's a lot of money for a guy, a quarterback that got hurt. And then they cut their best defensive player besides Patrick Peterson because they want to sign average quarterbacks. And that look, will be their one year. The Cardinals could definitely pick Lamar Jackson. They could pick Josh Allen I don't if he think falls. they good for him because it's a defensive mind. Steve Wilkes, even though I think he's going to be a good coach, he's going to help that defense out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think they need a veteran quarterback or a game-managing quarterback. Like Teddy, even though I think Teddy's really good, I think he's a game manager, but he is he was, before he got injured, a top five game managing quarterback in the league. Like, just pure game management. Not a he pure can make thrower. some throws, too. Yeah. He wasn't afraid to. He yeah. wasn't afraid to move out of the pocket and make some plays happen. That's why, that's why I said that's, that's the difference between the Jets being the biggest winners for me 
and the Cardinals being the biggest losers. Yeah. The Cardinals would have got Teddy. I wouldn't consider them a big loser because they have a potential franchise guy right there yeah. as long as he can come back healthy yeah. and come back to what he was. But, I mean, they just, no, nothing. <laughs> nothing was happening. Like, <laughs> I, I'm going to let you go in your second biggest loser. All right, I won't go too in-depth on this because I don't think it really needs to go too much in-depth. But my second biggest loser is the Dolphins. Simply, simply because I didn't like that they got rid of Jarvis Landry. He's a talented receiver. I didn't like that they got rid of Ndamukong Sue, one of the best interior defense alignment in the league. And look, I get it's heavily, like they were heavy base contracts, uh, minus... Well, I, okay, I'll, I'll rephrase nice it. Nice attitude rephrase issues that they say, which I've never heard of Jarvis Landry having an attitude issue before until the, until like like a month ago. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I just think like they got rid of talent and didn't add any. They got Danny Amendola. Look, he's a good little player. He's a good, nice wide receiver. But he was okay yeah. at the Rams before he went to the Patriots. He was the best at what he was with the Patriots. Now he's going to go to the uh, to the Dolphins. Who probably won't make the playoffs, and that's where he's good in is the playoffs. He's good in those close situations. And Albert Wilson. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really like that signing all that much. Um, Josh Sitton. I didn't like that. I mean, it, look, Josh Sitton's okay, but and he's one of the best guards in the league, hands down. Um, and a but lot of people don't know about him. He's old, but he's thirty-one. Yeah. He maybe he starts to decline right now, and I get it. It's a two-year deal, and maybe he can play good until he's thirty-three, but. I mean, you still spent some good money on these guys, on three of these guys, when you got rid of maybe your two best players on both sides of the ball. I, I mean, Grant, I guess this kind of plays to the fact that Miami is going into a rebuild. But, like again, the draft pick, for me, makes them one of the biggest losers because they're number 11. And maybe they pick Baker, maybe Baker falls to them, and that's the guy they want. Maybe that, maybe that's what they want. They're having private trials with them, but or trial or practices with them. But maybe Baker goes early, and if you don't get yeah. your quarterback, I mean, what do you? I mean, what are you going to do? You just going to so, pick another player? Like, and also gonna, Adam Gase is a loser because I think he's a very talented coach, and he's very put, smart. And, yeah, made Jay Cutler look like a Pro Bowler. Yeah. yeah, and he gets put in probably one of the and worst situations in the sense where his quarterback Ryan Tannehill gets injured before the playoffs. 2000, uh, 2016 17. And he just had Matt Moore against the Steelers. And he got injured in that game with that brutal hit by Bud Dupree. And then, again, his starter last year, Ryan Tannehill, tears his ACL in practice. Yeah. And he can't do anything. And he's put in a situation where he's stuck in the mud. And he probably, he probably if they don't do good this year or, ne- or in two years, he's probably going to get fired. And he, I don't think he should, but he probably will just because his he has been stuck in the mud because players that were supposed to be what they were never panned out. Yeah. And that's not that's not completely on him because injuries do happen and stuff, but it is the league, though. So. Yeah, but, I mean, that's that's why my the Dolphins are one of my biggest losers. Just because they don't have a great pick as far as to get maybe a guy, yeah. like a – a blue chip caliber type of player that can change a franchise. I mean, they didn't really do much in free agency as far as signing any big guys. And I mean, they got rid of the talent on both sides of the ball and they Robert didn't really Quinn. add anything. So Dude, and Robert Quinn's, that's yeah, he was, he's on a downside of his career. He hadn't been good in forever. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why they're one of my losers, but what's your last one? I think you, you probably didn't think of this. I did. 
it rotates back into the premise of free agency, which is quarterbacks. And this was the first quarterback news that we got of the year. And that is Blake Bortles signed a three-year, what was it, three-year $54 million, I think. Yeah, three-year fifty. All right, sorry guys about that. We uh, that we are, we're using the app Anchor to do our podcast straight from our phones, and so we can get a lot better with our actual podcasting equipment with microphones and the computer and audio uh, and video and all that crap. So uh, it cut off after an hour, but uh, we don't we don't have too much longer. Um, we were just going over Wyatt's last biggest loser of free agency. And then we'll get into the biggest ramifications, which won't take too long, and then we'll finish up. So, Wyatt, what is it? Uh, it is Jacksonville. With the Blake Bortles signed him to a three-year, $54 million contract when he's just – he's not a good quarterback. They will never win a Super Bowl with him. And I wrote down, even though it's now a bold prediction show, like my bold prediction – my bold prediction of the year is that they won't even make the playoffs. I don't think they'll have a winning record next year. You know how great that defense is? It's an all-time great defense. They have a really good running back who who could potentially have a sophomore slump next year. Potentially. You never know. Yeah. He's had injury issues in the past that could bring back up this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You never know. But Blake Bortles, they could have gone out, gone out and got uh, – my number one person here is Case Keenum. Pro Football Focus had him at an 85.3 uh, rating. Yeah, but that was just one year, though. But he was... Put him at Doug Marone. I mean, you had him with Pat Shermer there. Well, the the way they play is they run first. That's what Vikings were. They run first with the downhill running game. They got good wide receivers that Jacksonville does. So does Minnesota. They play similar styles. And I think in the AFC, Case Keenum would have been better fit in the AFC rather than the NFC. And then my next one's Kirk, uh, Kirk Cousins because they could have gone out. They could have got him. Not, not, probably not as much money as Minnesota, maybe. Like, I haven't looked deeply into their, well, cap, look, their cap at all. Look, I'll stop you here real quick. I don't think they were going to go after a quarterback. I don't think they missed out on anybody because if they wanted to sign a quarterback, team – Quarterbacks would have jumped to sign with them. They didn't want to sign anybody. They already inked Blake Bortles to a deal. That's what I'm saying. It's the, the, the my biggest loser because well they can they could still draft Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson could fall to him, give him a year to learn, let Blake put the pressure on Blake Bortles. Right. You never know. Yeah, but Blake Bortles, I I don't. But Kirk Cousins, I think this is my second quarterback right there. And then Teddy's my third. He was, was it CBS posted this up? Uh, 2015, before he got injured, 2016, before he got injured. And he was the most accurate quarterback, according to them, Pro Football Focus. And CBS posted this up, a big website, CBS Sports, posted it up and had it labeled on there, Teddy Bridgewater, the most accurate quarterback, 2016, or 2015-2016 season. And you get one of the worst accurate quarterbacks, and you sign him to a like 
Not a huge deal for a quarterback. I think it was like a. It wasn't that big of a deal for a three quarterback. Three or thirty-six million or something. Incentive-based. You keep him. You probably won't make the playoffs next year. I'll say this. Look, Ray Lewis talked about they got rid of Trent Dilfer after they won the Super Bowl. Trent Dilfer was their guy. He's the guy that they trusted. I forgot the guy that they brought in. But the Jaguars had a successful season doing what they did. They found what they did well, and they 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 found their identity. They run the football. They do play action, and they have some big threats down the field. They didn't need Allen Robinson, right? They had some good red zone targets. Keelan Cole, um, who I'm a huge fan of because I played with him for a year at college uh, before I got hurt. But, <laughs> like, I mean, he was such a – he was a huge factor last year off the off – playing with Blake Bortles, he had 700 yards as an undrafted free agent. Almost 800, I think. I mean, you had Alan Hearns. You got Marquis Lee signed back. Give Bla- You're doing the right... The Jaguars are doing the right thing, in my opinion. I say it's probably the one thing I do disagree with you about. Is I think... I don't think the Jaguars are in, in like, a lot of trouble. Like, I think the worst thing they did was sign... Uh, who was that guy they signed? Uh, that corner. I mean, my mom's going to a blank. DJ Hayden. They, like overpaid for him to replace their slot corner um, because Aaron Aaron Colvin left. Yeah. Look, I understand like what you're saying about Blake Bortles. Like, do I think they need another quarterback to put them over the top? Yeah, I do. I think they. I think they I just do. Don't like that deal. I, I think hate. they will, but I think they're gonna draft somebody. I think Lamar Jackson might be the guy if he doesn't get picked up a little bit earlier than he should. Yeah. I. I mean. I can see why they're big losers, but they got Andrew Norwell. Well, I'm not. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying about the quarterback. Like you can still have a good old line. You can still have a great. It worked for him last year, though. I I get Andrew Luck was out. The Colts didn't have the star That's what quarterback. I'm they have Sean the Watson got hurt. Quarterback in a quarter in a division with Marcus Mariota. They have the worst quarterback. Marcus Mariota is not that bad. But I'm not. I'm, he's he's below top fifteen. Okay. And Blake Bortles isn't. All that he's just, I don't, I don't. I, I think it. he's good. I just don't think he's good. I get it. I can see why it's your biggest loser, but because they won't put him over the top, they'll just they'll just keep him the same, or they'll start downgrading. They I don't think they'll make the playoffs next year. I think either Houston or Colts with Andrew Luck if he comes back like he was, was his before fir- yeah. his first three years in the league are going to win that division. Titans aren't aren't going to win it. Uh... Jacksonville, I don't think he's going to win. Titans could be a surprise team, though. It's going to come down to Houston and uh, Indianapolis, I think. That'll lead into our biggest ramifications of the free agency, though. Yeah, I'll let you start out with that. All right. Um, I'll just kind of go down the list of what I think kind of like the stories of free agency. I think definitely the Vikings are going all in for the Super Bowl. They said, we're going to pay this man a fully guaranteed contract, the first in NFL history. Because we want an upgraded quarterback. I think it was an upgrade over Case Keenum. Um, Kirk Cousins, I don't think, is great. Good quality starter. He can do some great things with great talent around him. And that's what he's going to have in Minnesota. Um, Also, the Colts are in an obvious rebuild. Right? Uh, Oh, and going back to number one. You can also throw the Rams in there. With the trades they made. um, With a couple of the signings they made. And with the direction they're going. And with some of the people they didn't sign, they're all in to win right now. Vikings and Rams are going to win right now. 
Colts are in an obvious rebuild. Like I said earlier, sorry Colts fans, the Colts are in a rebuild. It's going to take a year or two. Maybe maybe with Andrew Luck can help them win games, but I'm saying to compete for a Super Bowl, it's going to take a couple years, if not. Yeah, not gonna, I would say a couple. Off. They get an elite quarterback if he's healthy. And they I get a quarterback. They get a good backup. And a quarterback matters, but I'm yeah. saying the roster as a whole yeah, is a, not what it yeah. needs to be to win a Super Bowl. Nine um, and, and I'll say, and here's here's the rest of my list. The Bears are a dark horse team. Now they've added some offensive weapons to help Trubisky out. They've got a really smart offensive coach. They kept Vic Vangio as a really good defensive coordinator in this league. They're gonna. They got their corners back. They might add another corner or a linebacker in the draft. The Bears are in a very good position to do some damage in this league. And I don't think a lot of people are talking about it. The Titans, like I understand why I didn't think they're going to be good. But I think the Titans could finally live up to the hype. Maybe, maybe Malcolm Butler becomes that solid corner that they need to finally just have some stable defensive play to get off the field on third downs to where they can get back on the field on offense. You give Derrick Henry the reins to be the finally be the starter. Maybe give Marcus Mariota another weapon, get another edge rusher on defense in the draft. Um, and I don't think they're going to go win a Super Bowl, but I think they could finally live up to the hype and really compete in that division and go to the playoffs. I think they could. Um, Saquon to the Giants, I think, is probably confirmed. I know people are like uh, Jonathan Stewart says that that isn't, but he's like, He's like seventy five years old, <laughs> and he's been in the league forever. He's been, he's been the downgrade the last two years too. Yeah, he's been going. Da- yeah, uh, and I think with Carlos Hyde going to the Browns, I think at number one, it definitely signals the Browns are going Sam Darnold or whoever they want, whoever their guy is. That's who they're getting at number one at quarterback, because I think what they said is if we don't get our quarterback, we're not going to be good. Um, sorry, saw that. Really nasty putback. But, yeah, I think Saquon to the Giants, I think, is probably confirmed at this point. Because, like I said, with the signing of Carlos Hyde, it was pretty much telling Giants of the Browns, we're going after a quarterback. Um, If Saquon's there at number four, we're going to pick him. If not, they'll either probably trade or get Mika Fitzpatrick. And lastly, I'll say the Jets... Like I said earlier, biggest winners, one of the biggest winners to me, in my opinion. Um, I'd say they're probably going to get Rosen and have their quarterback of the future between either Teddy or Rosen, one of the two. It's not bad to have two franchise quarterbacks. You get one, you get the other. Trade one, you get a crap ton of picks. It's a crap ton of stuff for it. You never know what can happen. I would say you'd probably keep Rosen because he's younger. So, I mean, there's a lot of things you can do um, with the the Jets. But any, uh, any other takeaways you have? You know, minus what I've said. Uh, New England. I think New England is in a position to where they have a year left, I think, before teams down. start catching up. No, not before they go down, but before teams, teams start catching up. Not even their division necessarily, but just AFC in general teams just coming yeah, up, yeah. taking that spot away from them. And yeah. I think Tom Brady's going to retire next year. Now, yeah, I, I think, think he's going to retire this year. I think he's going to retire next year. Bill Pelichick is going to be like, I'm going. Josh McDaniels is going to come up, and then we'll see what he does with New England. I personally don't like him. I think what he did was wrong to the Colts. 
Like I. But I he's a like smart that, guy. But, but smart the coach. NFL, but the NFL did make a good rule in saying we're going to allow coaches to sign during during the playoffs. playoffs yeah. Yes. So. I mean, some bigger. I mean, but we're talking about ramifications of. Uh, well, I mean, I guess the offseason right yeah. now is in general. Um, that's one of them. Uh, I don't know. I think that's about it, though. I think that kind of wraps it up as far as, you know, kind of going back, looking at the free agent overview. Uh, or, or I should say that the other way. The overview of free agency. Looking at some of the biggest moves. Most overrated, underrated moves. Biggest winners, biggest losers. Biggest ramifications of free agency and the off-season, off-season thus far. And, yeah. Uh, appreciate you guys listening in. Um... We'll probably try to keep these a little bit shorter as far as so, you know, they don't get broken up until we can actually get everything, um, you know, with mics, with, you know, with the computer set up and um, with a mixer and with the video and everything like that. Uh, but, you know, these these will be downloaded to uh, to to the iTunes um, podcast, you know, where you can listen to it on your iPhone. Um, uh, it goes to Google Play, I want to say. Or you know wherever uh, wherever it is on Google, and uh, and obviously it'll be on Anchor. So if you guys want to listen in on Anchor, if you guys want to listen to this podcast, download the app. You can send messages in. You can send in questions like audio questions, or you know you can tweet us, or um, hit us up on Instagram. I'm at Varsity Ginger fifty five. I'll put it in the description, and uh, I'm at Varsity Ginger. 55 for both of those and uh, uh i'm at on instagram uh i am underscore sparky underscore four and then on twitter forget my twitter uh, <laughs> account but it is the same thing underscore sparky underscore four so okay th- those are my twitter and instagram accounts all right we'll put those in the uh in, in the little description at the bottom um But thank you guys for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you guys, or, well, we'll be talking to you guys anyways, you know, whenever we do, in a couple days. We'll try to keep this thing, not as a daily thing, why it's in school right now, um, but we'll try to keep this as much as we can. I'll be producing stuff um, on my own, Wyatt will be doing stuff on his own, like, Anchor account, but, um, you know, something we want to start doing, and we hope... You guys enjoy it. We won't just talk about football, though. I'll say this before before I finally end it, because I know I keep going. We're not going to talk about just football. We'll do reviews on movies, which won't obviously be, like, insanely long. Um, we'll talk... I mean, we'll have people over and guests over to talk to them about, I mean, a wide variety of issues and things. And, I mean, anything you can think of, we'll probably talk about. Um, but we're going to talk about things we enjoy, things we want to talk about. That way, because I, th- I think... As a listener, especially what I've ga- uh, gathered from listening to other podcasts, the reason I listen to certain people is because they actually care what they're talking about. They actually enjoy what they're talking about. Um, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about things we enjoy. Um, and we hope you guys, you know, come along for the ride and listen to us. But hope you guys have a great day. Peace out. We'll talk to you later. See you.